It's time to give up. Get your ass up. Throw your hands up and say, well. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your recovery meeting on the air. Welcome to Sober in the City. Here's your sobriety assistant, Debbie Strand. I'm Debbie Strand back with more Sober in the City, talking about how you can work a program of recovery and overcome your addictions, whatever they are. Drugs, alcohol, gambling, smoking, shopping, food addictions, and they're all life issues too that we experience. Whether you're in recovery or not, whether you need recovery or not, we are here to help. Call us now, share your opinion, tell me if you stayed sober through the weekend, how you did it, or if you didn't. 800 sober 5 and visit us at SoberInTheCity.com and listen live on the Sober in the City app for both Apple and Android devices. You can hear this show and previous shows and share them with your friends. But right now, more about living life on life's terms. What does that look like to you? How do you accept that sometimes things can really not go your way? And how do you keep hope for the future? Acceptance. Knowing that there's a plan for our lives that we may never understand. To have things happen so we learn a lesson and don't have to keep reliving the same thing over and over. To know there are positive and negative things there in our life so we can see contrast and make better choices for ourselves. To be able to see that which is true and let go of a dream or an illusion. We rarely grieve a bad relationship. What we grieve is what we thought it could be, what it could have been, what we thought it would be, and what we would hope for. If it was the actual relationship, we would not grieve at all. Truth and acceptance. God's plan. Karma. Let's talk about it. Georgia is calling from Phoenix, Arizona. Georgia, welcome to Sober in the City. Hi, Debbie. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, my pleasure. So you hear what we're talking about, life on life's terms, accepting things, grieving illusions instead of looking at truth. What do you think of all this? Uh, it's a really good topic. And <laughs> uh, I get a uh. uh. <laughs> yeah, I kind of did that in the last segment, too. I was like, ugh, I hate this. Right, right. Well, um, you know, basically, we all have to deal with this. Um, you know, I think it's really a lot of it is a change in our thought process, um, which takes time. But, you know, no, I look at normal people that deal with issues every day that don't react like we do. You know, like uh, it says in the big book, we rest satisfaction on, you know, making sure that things go our way. And that's just not how life is. And today I believe that, you know, like it says in acceptance, that everything happens for a reason. It's part of God's plan. And, you know, if I walk by faith, not by sight, you know, wonderful things happen. Uh, It's not necessarily happening to me. It's happening for me. You know, I mean, that's one of the ways I try to look at things. I'm I'm going through a situation right now that came up suddenly that I have to move, and uh, it's it's a nuisance. But you know what? I think it's a, a wonderful thing. You know, I, I've had I had uh, two deaths on the weekend. You know, uh, a great family friend and his brother died two days in a row, and you know these are things that happen. And um, it's sad, but, uh, you know, I just keep moving forward. And really, it's almost easier when things are not going good, because I really do what I need to do in those times. You know, I go to meetings, I talk to my sponsor, I talk about it, you know, and I try to keep in the solution. And, 
you know, it is a program of action. It doesn't matter what I'm saying. It matters what I'm doing. What happens when things so, are going good for you, Georgia? What happens when things are going good for me? Yeah, you stop going to meetings and you don't do what you're supposed to well, do. What happens? You know, I, um, I, I possibly rest on my laurels. And, um, and like a friend of mine always says, well, I don't even have laurels. So, you know, <laughs> um, you know, I get into that delusion like you were talking about that, you know, I'm okay and uh, I don't, you know, I can skip today and, you know, my look what I'm doing in my life. And it's just not healthy for me, you know. Uh, if I get cocky or think that I've got a handle on this. And, you know, an old saying in the rooms is, you know, uh, when I think I don't need a meeting is really when I need one the most. So um, so I just, uh, you know, I try to make sure that every day I go to a meeting. Just, you know, regardless. Of, it doesn't matter what my circumstances are, good, bad, and different. How do you deal with accepting when things aren't going your way? I mean, sitting in meetings, what dawns on you? What are your aha moments? What are my aha moments? Um, that probably that God's plan is way more than anything I could ever dream of, and that I'm basing my fears on my past. Because that's all I really have to, you know, to go off of. And sometimes that can really cloud my judgment of what's going on. I do try not to judge, which is very difficult, if something is good or bad. You know, I never know when a situation is going to be, like, you know, when I got sober, uh, and my life fell apart. I thought it was the worst thing ever. I thought my life was over, and I didn't know that it was actually just beginning. So um, my aha moments. Uh, you know, probably one is that I did, um, you know, I have had a problem with my roommate, and um, and I actually put it out to people, and uh, I couldn't believe the response I got. The love and support I get, that's the most recent aha moment I've had, is that, you know, I have people that love and care about me and support me, and, um, you know, that's something I always wanted and felt like I never had. And then that's the result of um, being sober and being able to also be that for other people. So I don't know, I feel really blessed right now. I usually do feel blessed, you know, despite physical problems, uh, you know, mental, emotional, financial. It says in the big book, you know, whether uh, boyfriend, no boyfriend, uh, job or no job, we we stay sober despite <clears throat> all that. If I rested, if I, you know, if I broke up with a boyfriend and, and, and used over that, you know, people come and go in our life, you know, oh, it's, it's going to happen. People, uh, I have to be stronger than that. You know, I have to have a stronger faith and, and uh, support than to let my mind tell me that, you know, this is 
something I want to drink over and shatter my life even more. Yeah, I don't think there's anything that a drink is going to make better. And Absolutely, I've proven that. I've posted something, too, that alcohol is not going to make anything any better, but then again, neither is milk. So, you know, drinking, oh, anything, is, <laughs> drinking anything is not our solution. <laughs> you know, it's a spiritual-based solution. We've got to bring God into it and see what it right. is that he wants us to do. Because when we live in God's plan, that's when our lives work out okay. I don't know why he gave us free will. In fact, I, I was putting this show together yesterday and I had to call my sponsor and I said, I don't understand this prayer thing. You know, I, I do say thank you, but I don't understand prayer. Why am I asking for anything if it's only if it's your will? And, you know, I get a little confused on the whole thing, but I just keep doing what I'm supposed to do and putting one foot in front of the other. And yeah, no matter who dies around us, no matter what happens, we got to just stay sober, you know, just dust ourselves off and right. keep moving. And even when it's really hard, if you got to lay in the bed for a week, lay in the bed for a week. Just don't do it drunk. Right. That's all. Right. That's it. And you know what? You were talking about the, the God thing. It's, uh, you know, I don't necessarily know that, you know, it's about God that I pray, but I know it changes my thinking when I pray. And even if it's that action of, uh, turning my will and my life, my thoughts and my actions. When I pray for somebody, or I don't, I do usually try to say, God, your will be done. And that refocuses everything in my mind. It's like, wait, I, wait I'm not running the show. You are. Let me just let go of this. Surrender, accept, and, you know, just uh, be in faith. And it's, it's uh, uh, for a person like me that's, you know, done heroin and alcohol and all that for so long, that's a very foreign concept, but it works for me. It's a wonderful thing. Oh, my God, what a blessing it is. It's a very simple, you know? Definitely, definitely changes our thinking. Georgia, thank you so much for being with us at Sober in the City. We're going to go to Leanne. Thank you, Debbie. You're awesome. Thank you. Leanne is calling from Alta Vista, Virginia. Welcome to Sober in the City, Leanne. How are you? Hi, I'm great. How are you? I'm okay. I'm trying to live life on life's terms. I got a little twisted up yesterday with this God thing. And what does he want me to do for my life? Okay, if I don't do what you want to do for my life, I don't have any choice, but I have free will. But if I don't do what you want me to do, then I get punished, but I don't have a punishing God. I'm a little twisted up. Help me out. I try to believe that, um, like um, Georgia was just saying, everything happens for a reason, and it's just having God's plan. And I, I believe, I really, really believe that everything happens for a reason. And God's got my best interest, and it, He's got my best interest. And I, it's like, I, I live by cliche sometimes, like, um, praying only knowledge for knowledge of His will for me and the power to carry it out. It's I try to do that because it's so much easier that way. Then I don't have expectations. I don't have to um, worry about what's going to happen or what I have to do to make God happy. Or I just try to do the next right thing and believe that the next, keep doing the next right thing is going get, to get get me to where I'm going. I have I, I have um, dreams and visions that I believe God put in my heart and. I believe if I keep doing the next right thing and keep doing what God puts in my heart to do, then I'll get there. And it, it works. It really does work. And I, I, I know that every time that I haven't 
done the next right thing, that it just leads me into unhappiness. So it's just so much easier to just believe that um, believe God's plan. So dealing with life on life's terms, you're able to just go, okay, it's God's plan, no problem. Pretty much, yeah, because I know that it, I, I've seen, I've been here for a long time, and I've seen how just things work out. Um, I've, I've learned that everything is just lessons, and nothing is, not, there's no right or wrong, there's no bad, and you just look at it as a lesson, and it's okay. And I've never, I've known a million people, and nothing has ever happened that has been um, detrimental or that bad. We just, if we keep on doing it, then it, it just things just work out. You lose a job, and I, I lose a job. I've lost many jobs, and, um, but I've only gotten fired a couple times. And I look at the, um, my part in it. Did I do something wrong to make this happen? And if I did, accept it, learn from it, and don't do it the next time. And then, But usually, God has always had a better plan, and if I lost a job, then there's another better job ahead, and it happens every time. And I just see it happen to so many people in my life. There's like people get sick, and um, but they get better and they learn from it. And I believe that um, nothing else, everything that happens in our lives, it's, it's for a reason. And we can help somebody else with our experience. And it's okay. It's just I've seen it so many times that this, everything is definitely okay. I think it is so true and so valid. And I'm glad you brought it up that everything does happen for a reason and for a lesson. And when something comes up or someone outwardly seemingly offends us, we need to see what is that lesson for us? What have we not yet healed in us from our past? And that's what that's there for. Now, whether we continue to participate with that person or not, that's a different story. That doesn't matter. But what it does is when I don't judge you as wrong, and you had said that too, that nothing is wrong or nothing is right. It just is. And if I judge you as wrong, that you did something to me, then I have become a victim. I've not only judged you, but I've made myself a victim. And today I don't want to be a victim to anything. Yeah. And, um, you know, everybody's different. We all have our own opinions. We all, and we all have our, we we do things based on our experience in life. And sometimes uh, somebody treated me wrong in the past in in some way. So I respond to another person because of what happened to me in the past. And I just, and so I try not to take anything personally. You know, everybody, Everybody, it's all opinions, and if that's your opinion. That's okay. And I, but I, I still look at it. It's like if there is there something valid in this what this person has said to me. Is if there is maybe because um, I have this thing. God doesn't um, have a telephone, so sometimes and He speaks through people and He speaks through lots of different things. So sometimes I need to hear what came uh, to me, and if I do need to hear that, then I look at it. Not 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 always not always right away, but I usually will look at it and see if you know it, it's right. applicable. <laughs> right. And it, it's exactly true. And everybody's going to come at you differently because our fears, like Georgia was just saying, are all based on our past. So everybody's coming at yeah. you with different experiences and become different people. And sometimes like, even if I'm in a store and a clerk is mean or rude or something, I just try to keep in my mind, you know, maybe, maybe her husband was beating her this morning. I don't know what people had just walked out of. And I try to, you know, um, I try to be a representation of God, so um, I'm not always good at it. Like I get, I get frustrated because I'm not a really patient person sometimes. But um, the, I always just try to be the best person I can be, and whatever they're doing, that's that's on them. And oh, the other thing that um, you know, we all have to make our own amends. And so, if they're doing something wrong, they're gonna make their own amends. That's that's on them. So I just got to be the best person I can be, 
be, you know, be kind to them. That's my responsibility. It's not my responsibility to take from what they're doing. You know, just and sometimes being kind to them when they're doing something funky, then it rubs off and and it makes a difference to them. And you know. Well, I think you got this acceptance thing down pat. You're doing pretty good with it. Are you in a program of recovery? Oh yeah, definitely. I've been in um, NA for um, 25 years, and the, um, you know I relapsed a few times, but um, NA and I go to AA um, too now because that's where that's the fellowship that's in my area. But um, I just I believe that recovery is recovery, and just go to meetings and practice the program and steps of the steps. So yeah. Oh sure, absolutely. What are some of the other healing modalities that you've done over the years? Have you gone to, um, I don't know, electroshock therapy or, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, not, nothing. I just, I, um, I, reading and reading through books and I, um, like I saw that you listened to Abraham. I listened to Abraham too. And uh, anything that's spiritual and just um, a positive, anything that's going to bring me closer to God, I listen to. Anything that's positive and will Ah, the word, the word seek, to, to sought through prayer and meditation, to seek, to continually yeah. seek. I think that's the most important word in those steps. Yep, it makes such a big difference, and, and it, just be acceptance. Exactly. Thank you, Leanne. Thank you so much for being here. It was great speaking with you. We're going to go to Thank Kim. Kim is from Baltimore, Maryland. Kim, welcome to Sober in the City. Thanks for having me. You hear what we're sharing about. We're talking about acceptance. We're talking about God's plan, uh, truth versus illusions, not being a victim. Would you like to share on some of that? Sure. I've heard some uh, good things from both the two other women. Um, when uh, life on life terms, um, and, and, and I'm one of the people, I hate the cliches. We, you know, we <laughs> I don't want to be a cliche. No. Well, we have a bad habit of spouting them and not really knowing what they mean. Right. And uh, the life on life term is basically reality. It's, you know, living in my reality and not the fantasy world that I started living in when I was three or four years old when my disease first surfaced, you know, and that was based in fear. You know, it was fear that I wasn't good enough, so I created this fantasy world that I've carried with me like a bubble until, you know, I found uh, the rooms of recovery. So dealing with the reality of what's in front of me, and that goes hand in hand with, uh, you briefly mentioned prayer meditation. And, you know, for me, prayer is easy. You know, I just ask to accept stuff. That's it. It's the meditation that's difficult, which is the conversation, that closeness, that spiritual connection to, you know, a God. And it, for me, it's kind of easy. If, if, if I'm trying to do something I'm not supposed to do, the doors don't open very fast. If I'm on the right path, they just fly open. How do you know when you're in meditation? Because I have no problem sitting still. And that took quite a number of years to be able to sit still in a room, no TV, no radio, no Facebook on the phone or whatever, and just sit quiet. I'm able to do that. Yes, I'm that able to quiet my mind. Just, I'm actually pretty good at that. But how do I know the, the difference? That my sponsor taught me years ago that it's a mixed message you hear in the rooms that, you know, an addict alone is in bad company. And that's not what that means. <laughs> in you the know, beginning, yes. I call it an upper level of uh, recovery is being able to sit in my house. I don't have a TV or stereo in my living room. I have a meditation point. And just be without me because I have to tell you, I've been in places in my life where I had my cell phone, the house phone, the step working guide out, the book out a girlfriend on one phone, another on another, and as all I was doing was trying to change the way I feel, 
I might as well be still sticking a needle in my neck. But to learn to sit still and think through a feeling or a behavior to the other side and not act or react is very difficult. It's taken me years to learn how to do that. And meditation to me is just a state of mind. I speak a lot um, to mentions, but I also do a lot of speaking. I'm in prevention in in Arundel County, like in high school kids. And you think if you've ever done an H&I meet in a jail, that's nothing compared to speaking in front of high school kids. (laughs) They terrify me. And I call it a stop and drop. Mm -hmm. You know, I just stop, quiet my thoughts, breathe deep, and center myself. You know, it's not about balancing the outside world. It's about keeping my inner spirit balanced. So when you're sitting in that quiet meditation, in that meditative state, how do you know the difference between what you're hearing is God's voice and what you're hearing are the voices in your head trying to fill yourself with the ideas that you have for your own self? That's where the sitting still comes in. I have a thought or a plan I want to do and I think it through. You know, I just think about it. And really, that's where the reality comes in also is just living the day of what's in front of me, not fighting what's in front of me, not being fearful of what's in front of me, and just, like Georgia said, keeping it moving and not thinking too much. You know, you know how we are before a meeting. We smoke cigarettes and figure things out. And then during the meeting, we sit and think and figure things out. And after the meeting, we go to Denny's or Big Boys and smoke cigarettes and figure things out. You know, and then that seems to be one of our uh, our faults. And the biggest thing attached to that is, you know, with that fear when we were children, we we didn't learn how to get through stressful situations. Our our coping mechanisms are like zero to none. And like Georgia was talking about the stress of life and things happening. You know, that's another one of those cliches. Yes, they happen to us, but we need to learn how to get through them without getting stressed out. And I had a big lesson in that. I had a heart attack two years ago, and I had a stroke God, two months ago. I just got out of the hospital about wow. three weeks ago. And I'm going to tell you, stopping doing drugs and alcohol was nothing compared to waking up and not being able to feel half your body. Jesus. And I had to rein it in and just, do what was in front of me was to recover and get better and not think about school or men or my house or my car or anything else but just getting better and I got a lot of peace in that hospital and joy and I that's the thing is I will not let anybody take my joy away happiness is from outside things joy is inside and it was it was very difficult but thank God for the community recovery they showed up they brought me meetings up there um, people were constantly talking to me on Facebook. But I really, that was like the missing piece of the puzzle, you know, that I've been searching for, that piece, is that the, just the, my reality was I needed to get better. You know, and you were talking about, like, <clears throat> how you had a bad day yesterday or this morning. Well, 20 minutes before you called, I was on the edge because it's been, it takes me an hour to get dressed, and I had to work on a term paper this morning and cook <laughs> dinner for somebody coming tonight. And I couldn't find that special pair of workout pants because I have outpatient today. <laughs> then I was like flipping out, you know. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter that I might fail this class and have to drop out of college, but I could not find the certain pants that I needed to wear. <laughs> so 20 minutes before you called, I had to just sit here and rein it in, breathe deep, <clears throat> and just think of nothing and that that's what you want to call meditation that's a private thing you know where people 
I do go to meditation meetings once a week, and they really help. They really do. If you have dinner in a room with 90 recovering alcoholics and addicts, and you can hear a pin drop because everybody just has their eyes closed and letting their mind go. That's something to see. Wow, that is crazy. Yeah, definitely. But we do. We have to learn how to self-soothe, and we have to learn how to self-regulate. I don't know. Somehow we miss that as kids, and I don't know. Maybe we weren't, weren't left to cry long enough in our cribs, or not. I don't know how this stuff comes about us, but well, we do I have a different do. brainwave with that stress. Because Please tell me. my degrees are in, and they at your, our brain, there is scientific evidence that down in the brainstem where we are, our... Uh, our primal instincts are a part lights up and that's called the addiction and it will light up right and it can light up now they have evidence when in vitro it used to be two-year-old but now it's in vitro and i went to a seminar and this famous doctor with a phd is saying and the light can be dimmed you know with prayer meditation and support group but it can only be arrested and I hit that table in front of 100 people and said, they've been saying that in AA for 65 years. Where have you been? Oh, my God. With no scientific evidence. They didn't need it, did they? Well, it was the word arrested. That the light can dim when we do what we do. But if I eat 12 eclairs, my light brights back up again. <laughs> you know, it's, a, it's a constant battle because our regular meter goes right back to self-centered fear. And right. every day we have to be restored to sanity, whatever we need to do. Now, I don't have to consciously think about doing step work or going to a meeting or calling a girlfriend or laughing. Laughing is my medicine. Uh, because when you can laugh at yourself, then you're, you're, that's like music to God's ears. But every day, it's just so much a part of my life, I don't even have to think about it anymore. Yeah, one of you my brainwaves is kind of flat, and I go get hooked up to a machine twice a week, and it, it pumps that brainwave back up and when I'm in the absence of that brain training I down a lot of caffeine and that keeps me that keeps me normal I think that's my my one of my brainwaves that isn't working right well so. I will have to tell you caffeine and smoking are two of the factors why I had a stress and a heart attack if, yeah it makes thanks. The very tall. thank you but the, um, <laughs> I did quit smoking anyway at least I got that going it was terrific having you here, Kim. Thank you, Georgia, Leanne, and Kim for being here with us at Sober in the City. When we come back, more about living life on life's terms. How do you accept that sometimes things can really not go your way? And how do you keep hope for the future? 800-SOBER-05. We're going to take a quick break for our sponsors who make this show possible. Maybe give our sponsor Believe a call and let them know that you're glad Sober in the City is on the air. We'll be right back.
Are you a suffering addict or alcoholic? Is someone you know struggling with this disease? Let the Freedom From Addiction Foundation assist you with our acclaimed intervention and recovery coaching services. For a very affordable fee, we can set up and perform on-site interventions, ongoing treatment supervision, and personalized recovery and life coaching services. We are local, we are a nonprofit group, and we can work within your financial parameters by accepting most major credit cards and working with or without your insurance. Call today, 1-877-876-2329. 1-877-876-2329. Again, that's 1-877-876-2329. Are you a suffering addict or alcoholic? Is someone you know struggling with this disease? Recovery starts with one phone call. Call the Freedom From Addiction Foundation today. 877-876-2329.